Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. Da, 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 this is the Truly Unlimited Podcast. Da, 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 da. We are here today da, 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 with Don Bruce and Jeff Plunkett, Jedi Masters. And today's subject is A New Hope as we embark on a journey to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 through 20. <laughs> that work? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think we should just leave it in. Let's just leave it in. Here we go. All right. <laughs> so we're glad you're with us today. And we have titled this A New Hope, um, partly because of the Star Wars, you know. It just works well. Yeah. It's fun. Um, but a lot of because, I know that doesn't make and there's, sense. And there's, there's people who are... And I shudder to think that they actually exist, but there are people who know, don't know Star Wars yeah. that are going, what is A New Hope? I don't get it. Anyway. Yeah, they so, wouldn't yeah. even understand half the things we say in our house. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, we, we are a Star Wars home. <laughs> so um, I'm going to read this to, for you out of the NIV, Hebrews 6, st- starting with verse 13. And we're just basically finishing up that chapter. And... It says this, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Mm. Good, thank you, Don. Um, You know, here's, there's a possibility this, this episode may be short. Yeah, it is quite possible, but this just because it's short doesn't mean this passage of scripture isn't one of the most beautiful things you could ever read in your life. What what people miss is they they miss the the point. Um, they they miss they miss the the beauty of it. They miss the permanence of it. Right. You know, we're we're working on a book that that eventually will come out. Um, it may be you know forever before it actually comes out, which is appropriate since it's entitled "Living on Permanence." <laughs> um, but 
um, it, you know, that's what this is really about. You know, it, a lot of times when people will look at Scripture and go, hey, how can this help me solve my temporary problem? How can this solve this? And, and this passage references the permanence of God. It, it, it references his unchanging nature. It un- references, in our, our hope is in the permanence. It is not in a temporary solution to a temporary problem. Right. Right. Um, so we're going to talk through that just a, just a little bit, um, but it's um, it's anyway. Do you want to you want to start, or you want me to just go jump ahead in? and start? I mean, there so. are, you know I'll jump in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so here's one of the things. I mean, it it says here's what it says. God is reliable. God is reliable. Now you we look around in our lives and we look around and we go, oh well, man, that that thing is breaking down. That thing is breaking down. That thing is breaking down. This, this, you know, the things that I, I tethered my life to, the things that I had put my hope in, I had hoped in this relationship. I had hoped in that church. I had hoped in, in my house. I had hoped in this. Mm-hmm. You're, you're tethering your life to things that, are, that are, are temporary, that are unreliable. God is exclusively reliable. Can I say that again? Is that okay? Do I have permission to say that again? God is exclusively reliable. God cannot lie. And if our perception is that he's not reliable, it's because we're, we're, we're tethering ourselves to something that is unreliable and then asking God to make the unreliable reliable. Only he is reliable. These things are just temporary. I hope that makes sense. Oh, it's because we're defining God based on who we are. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, then he can't be reliable because we're, we're building this idea of him based on our temporary selves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, in, in you know, it says here, he is greater. So when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. So so there's no one greater. Right. So, I mean, that's that's the point. And, and, and the comparison between us and God is so, <laughs> it's so distant. It's, it's like a, a droplet of water in a, a million oceans. We're one droplet of water in capacity and in, right. in, in, in uh, ability, and God is infinite oceans. So it's it's you know we're that far distance from from capacity from greatness. Right. right. Okay. So so it's anyway. Um, do you have something? I was just going to say, and that's why when it talks about His nature and this hope. Mm is that it is so much more than anything we can imagine or define, which helps it to be this permanent, unchanging, reliable thing that you've talked about. Yeah, yeah. And understand whenever it says, even even the promise of descendants, whenever, when God promised Abraham descendants, so many descendants, so many descendants, okay. Well, one, many of us would look at it. So if, if the promise was just about descendants, now, yes, 
the descendants were the vehicle of the promise. Understand this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want you to understand this, this point that I'm going to try to make. It is a little bit complex. But the, the descendants were the vehicle of the promise, but the descendants themselves were not the promise. Because right. many of us right. would go, man, I don't want, you know, I don't want a thousand kids. You know, I don't, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm, I'm doing good with the, you know, the one or two or three that I have, you know. And mm-hmm. so, so, man, I don't, you know, I don't want that to go on and on. Okay. So, and certainly, you know, at my age, I'm 53 years old. My youngest child is now 18 years old and in both of my other two kids are out of the house. One just got married a, a was it last week? Oh, I think wow. so. Yeah, it was a week ago. Yeah, it, 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 from the time of this recording. Um, yeah. So, oh wow. I, I'm, okay. Anyway, so but you know, here's the, the the thing. You know, the descendants weren't weren't the promise. They were the vehicle of the promise. The promise was continuation. The the promise was withness. The promise was unity. I am with you. I will be with you. I am with you. I will be with your descendants. And in the continuation of the descendants of this story, it's a continuation of the story. Mm -hmm. Story of what? Existence? No. Withness. I know that's not a real word, and so we've we've talked about several times. We create words all the time, but that's great. All words were created by somebody. So we're just creating a few more. So you know, you know, it's it's the continuation of withness. I will continue to be with you. The vehicle of his with you mm-hmm. was was provided through the descendants. So again, you know, if we look at go, oh God got a promise for me, and He's going to give me that promise to give me descendants. Not, that's not the story. The story mm-hmm. is he will be with you. The descendants will, will be the vehicle of that story. Because it says God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear. Mm. Yes. And so he wanted us, all of us, to understand who he is. Yes. And to know him. And... Um, I love, and, and you can go back, I may be skipping, I don't know, but I think out of this whole passage, my favorite part is 19, where it says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, mm. firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Okay, some of you could read that. In fact, this is probably one of the verses that you only learn the first part of it. Mm-hmm. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And that is so important because, you know, you think of a hope and there's some things that I hope, but it's possible it may never happen. Mm. But if it's firm and like an anchor, firm and secure, I don't have to sit there and spend my time thinking about it and wondering or worrying or anything like that. It is, it is there. I know that it's holding fast. I don't have to think about that just like when I drive my car I mean I my car understand I'm using my car as an example but its reliability does not compare to God's reliability but not even not, not even close because it's not it's not however yes. when I get in yeah. my car mm-hmm. and I drive an hour I'm expecting my car to be reliable 
And most of the time, unless I'm driving something I've already had problems with or I hear something, most of the time I'm driving and I'm not sitting there thinking, are all the wheels okay? Mm. How's the battery? Yeah. Is the oil, do, you know, is this, I'm not sitting there thinking about all those things because I have this secure hope that that car is going to get me to my destination and I don't have to worry about those things. And if we, so many people, I feel like, constantly struggle with their faith of, oh, what about this? And I'm worried about this. And and I feel like if we could get to that hope, this even says in the verse before, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. That tells me it's like we're passionately seeking it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we take, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And, but I, we go with that first part of the verse. What I wanted to say, the part where it says that it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Okay, so I saw this whenever I read it just a little bit earlier. I saw it as we have backstage passes. Mm. And, yeah. and, and to understand this, if you look at God's design of the temple in the Old Testament, in Numbers it says, Numbers 13, I think verse 7, and he's talking to the Levites who are priests. It says, but only you and your sons may serve as priests in connection with everything at the altar and inside the curtain. I am giving you the service of the priesthood as a gift. Anyone else who comes near the sanctuary is to be put to death. Mm. You know, so so there was this thing for all these years of they could go into part of it, but in that relationship with God, there was still a lot of times this barrier of being kind of like I'm just in the audience here watching this on stage and unfortunately that's how so many of us live today right we're spectators of this thing that's happening sorry i keep hitting the mic if you're hearing noises my hands are still going (laughs) um but but the thing is what he's saying in hebrews is we have backstage passes we are allowed we have a hope because of this relationship we have with him, we can go behind the curtain. We can go all the way in to fellowship with him and commune with him and and join with him and have this relationship beyond what most of the Israelites didn't understand what most of our church today may not understand. So I I just was excited because I feel like that second part of the verse means so much of us. It's not just we have this hope, but it's it's not a far off hope. It's a hope in something that can be close and near and a part of who we are. Yeah, yeah, and let and let me just expand that just a just yeah, slightly <laughs> with a different word. You you keep saying backstage passes, and the only the only change I would make to that is we have backspace residency. 
Right, right. It's It's permanent. Yes, exactly. That's that's the point that I wanted to make is that it's permanent. It's not a pass where I get to go in and then, you know, in about an hour, oh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. God is is done now. He's going to go have his his tea. No, it's, it's, and you have to leave. It's, we have backstage residency. Yeah, because the star of the show has entered on our behalf. Mm. I mean, he's basically said... Um, they have, they they have. Um, I can't even think of the word. The ability to be everywhere that's back here. Yes, so I don't know, yes, I, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Um, and it's the star. It's not just oh, I know a roadie that's something, <laughs> right, and I get to go. Right. It's the star of the right. show is saying you have full. A- that's what I was trying to say. Full access. You have full yes. access. Yes. Back here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's in and understand, you know, you know, even even with the 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 car <laughs> the illustration she gave earlier, you can kind of misunderstand what she was trying to say. I understand that the hope is the is in the reliability of God, not not in the continuation of a car running or not. You know, because that's not that car is going to die. I mean, we recognize right. that car is going to die. There's going to be a day. It's it's toast. It's it's down in the record service, whatever. You know, even if it's even if it runs for a hundred years, that's not permanent. That's not reliable. So we're not talking about re- relying upon those things. We're talking about relying upon one thing, mm-hmm. one, one thing, and that is the the with nature, the 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 continuing um, relational nature of God. And him being with us and him inviting us into that relationship, that's the one thing that that our hope is in. If our hope is in anything else, right? anything else, it's temporal, it's temporary, it's, it's going to pass away, and it doesn't matter. None of that. So, so again, and, what she was doing is an illustration. But. And, and, my in, and my intent with the illustration wasn't even about the car, but it was about my not worrying about it because you know it's if there's something that i know that i know that i know Mm. it is settled it's not something that i have to sit here and and think through and worry about it is settled and that's what i see when it talks about this anchor for our soul it is done. It is solid. Yeah. It is strong. It's not something that we um, mull over day after day after day. That part's taken care of. I don't have to revisit what I think about that because I am sure in that hope. I can go on and do things for my relationship to be stronger to be a better servant of what god has asked me to do and and reach out to others i can do all that and i don't have to spend my time and energy on the very basics of this hope yeah good good yeah the in in the word you're referencing there the greek word is bebios um which which basically and it comes from the word banyo which is to walk where it is solid. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, yes. if, you know, if, and, and it's interesting when you just said, you know, if I'm working on my relationships, if I am wor- walking on something solid, reliable, 
Bebios, mm-hmm. um, then I am then I am capable of of managing these things that are temporal and shaky and uncertain and mm-hmm. you know in, in rather unpredictable. Look, a, a relationship is unpredictable. Right. The next moment is unpredictable. A job is unpredictable. We 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 think it's predictable because life is generally boring. Life is generally seems predictable because it doesn't really shift all that much. Right. But it's really unpredictable. A pandemic is unpredictable. A you know a, a solution is unpredictable. The day is unpredictable. It really is. And so if we're living our lives based on all these these, we're trying to to pretend that the unpredictable is predictable, and we're trying to pretend that the unreliable is reliable. And then we're trying to manage our relationships. We're trying to manage our, our, our lives completely based on this shifting sand, as you always, you always reference the shifting right. sand story. Or, or imagine if you were out on a boat. Okay. And when I mean a boat, I mean like a, like a, a, you know, a little tiny smell boat. Yes, a dinghy. Um, so you're out in, uh, out in the middle of the ocean, and, and the waves are fl- splashing about. And all you're trying to do is something that would normally be very simple. You're trying to pour water from a bottle into a glass. You know, you're trying to do that. And the, the, you know, the boat is, is shifting about. And now even the simple tasks of pouring water from a bottle into a glass becomes very complex. It becomes very difficult, and you're spilling water everywhere. So, so even the simple things become difficult if you're basing your, your life, if you're, you're tethering your life on things that are unreliable. And what he says here is he says, our hope, our hope. Um, I'm starting to I sound like I'm preaching from a church of God in Christ. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. yeah. So our hope, <laughs> our hope is in something that is reliable, something that is firm, something that is babios, babios, that it is firm, it is steadfast, it is, it is right. always and always and always and always and always and always permanent. And what is that thing? That thing is the withness of God. It, that thing is that he is with us. And, and, and when, we, when we, we, we filter, thing, filter him through this lens of, well, that thing that I wanted to be reliable is no longer reliable. It was never reliable. That thing was never reliable. That thing was never firm. That thing was always you out on the ocean being tossed about to and fro. That, that thing was always going to be that. But he says, find your hope in the permanence of God, in the permanent nature of God, the permanent withness of God, the permanent nature of him being with you and with himself in his nature. Um, when you talked about the boat, it made mm. me think of the point when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples in mm. the storm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, a, he's asleep in the boat. Mm. And, and these, are, these disciples, they've been with him all these places. Yeah. And, and so there's this terrible storm, and, and it, says a, it says a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was sleeping. So the disciples woke him up and said, don't you care if we drown? And, and here's the thing. God got, Jesus got up, 
rebuked the wind, said to the waves, quiet, be still. And it was completely calm. And then he turned to them and, in my words, basically said, do you not know me? Mm. Mm. Have we not spent this time together? Why? And then he said, what it says in here that he says is, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm. And, and I feel like what he's saying is, you should know I'm the reliable one. Mm. You should have this relationship with me where even if you can't take care of it, you could wake me up and say, man, you know, what do we do about this? Or can you take care? You know, whatever it is. But know that he, your hope is in him, not the boat. Not the storm, not anybody else. Come on. Your hope is in him and him alone. And I think yeah. he's saying, I, I, I really feel like he was saying, we spent all this time together and you still don't know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I love it. I love it. You said, and you said, it's not the storm. It's not the like storm. His steadfastness does not get better because the storm stopped. It did not, his steadfastness, his firmness, the hope did not improve because the, the sea was calmed. That had nothing to do with it. It's that his, his firmness, his steadfastness, his withness is with you in the storm or in the calm. It, it has nothing to do with storms or calmness. It has nothing to do with either one of those things. He didn't suddenly become proving his steadfastness because Mm -hmm. the storm stopped. If the storm had continued, he was always steadfast in the storm or after the storm, before the storm, over the storm, after, it it doesn't matter. He's always (laughs) steadfast. In fact, he spent very little time on the storm in this. Mm. It was just, he got up, rebuked it, and said, quiet. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, oh my goodness, this is so simple. And he just does it. You know, and 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 not that he's like you said he's not doing it for any kind of glory of that or anything. His, I think, even as that was happening, probably in his mind was, do they not even know me? Mm. I mean, I just feel like that was the thing because if it's about this joining, if it's about this relationship, then that's where. I think it's a great example of that, and we don't ever, I think, really teach this as that. It's Mm. that, oh, he was able to calm the storm. But really, it was a thing of they still didn't understand the strength of that hope. Yeah, They still didn't get the reliability of who he is and not just who he is but their relationship with him yeah 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 and i i I, what you've said is so fantastic and i and I, i i but i'm just so eager to say you know people look at that story and they go, oh yeah god's gonna end my storms god's gonna calm my storms why do you need him to calm the storms it's not about the storm. No, it's not about the storm. <laughs> you don't need him to calm the storm. If he calms the storm, great. If he doesn't calm the storm, great. Nothing has changed. 
He didn't change. His steadfastness didn't change. His firmness didn't change. The, the babios that you were living your life on did not change. It did not change. Whether the storm is blowing or the storm has been calmed doesn't make any difference. The babios that you're living your life on, unless you're living your life on the calmness of storms. If you're living your life simply from the calmness of storms, then a lot of it's not going to be calm. Right. Because it has, you are living, you're tethering your life on calmness of storms, not on genuineness of the steadfast God who has always been permanent. But we have, we have illustrations of this hope in the Bible. We have the three Hebrew children who weren't kicking and screaming to go into the fiery furnace because they said, Either he'll save us or he won't, okay. but either way, this is, this is who, what, who we are and what we've got to do, what we believe. Okay. And, and so they weren't kicking and screaming. They weren't worried about the furnace. Mm. Um, I believe when Daniel went in the lion's den, he wasn't worried about the lions. Yeah. You know, when um, Stephen was stoned, Stephen wasn't worried about the stoning. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing. Yeah, Stephen is, died, by the way, in that story. Right. Stephen got stoned to death. Yes, yes. So, so we it look didn't at the, always come out perfect. Yeah, like we look the at others. the Daniel story and we go, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, he yeah. didn't get eaten. Right. He, he, he wasn't pooped in three days from by a lion. Mm-hmm. So, so right. yeah, he was, yeah, we go, oh, yeah, see what God did? Look, God it was still steadfast and firm even when when Stephen got stoned to death. Right. Well, and and you look at Job, and uh, you know you kind of could look at it. Oh, like everything comes out okay because he ended up getting all that again, you know, or stuff. But you know, for me, if I lose the children I have and got others later, that doesn't mean I'm not going to hurt about the children that I have. (laughs) I mean, you know, we look at that story like, oh, it happened, and all of it got better. Yeah. I love it got, got better. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's not how life is. Right, right. And things hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not about that. And that's where if we can get this idea and this hope in who God is and that we are a participant in this life, but it's not about us. The whole plan isn't centered around us. We are a part of it, and it could be that we're a part that has some great things happen, or it could be that we're a part that experiences a lot of things that aren't so great. Joseph was an upright, righteous man, and that's why God said, look at Job, Mm. and allowed those things to come against him. It's not that he did certain things wrong. Right. That's, that's how we want to put it, yep. but it's not. And if we have this hope and can truly understand who he is and that our relationship with him is what matters, then the health of our body, we still do things in this life to survive. It's not about our survival. Right. So our health, I'm not going to worry about my health. I'll tr- do things to sustain it the best that I can. But if things go wrong, they go wrong. If I die, I die. It's a temporary body. 
my the permanence of my life is based on the permanence of God alone mm. beyond this body. And so whatever happens, I can sit and I can be strong in that, just like the Hebrew children, just like Daniel, just like Stephen, just like all the disciples that were martyred, all these other people that went through these things, I can have a solid hope where I don't fear my day by day. Mm, Great stuff. Great stuff. That is fantastic. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Good? Okay. All righty. Don, thank you very much. you know, and, and one thing I do want to leave with you, you know, spend, you know, most people, most Christians, I, you know, I don't think they spend, I know that they don't. I, I, it's, you know, and this is not criticism. This is a plea. This is a plea for you to spend some serious, deep, meaningful time in Scripture, eating the Word. I've got some friends that they refer to as eating the Word, um, in, you know, just ingest it incorporate it into your life it let it become you um it is so vibrant it's so rich it's so remarkable but most people just kind of again they go to it like they google it How, what i've got this problem is there something in scripture that tells me what to do right. don't google scripture <laughs> um ingest it let well, it I do Google it sometimes. Sure, yeah, okay. I, get it. I get it. But, but you know, <laughs> right? But most people, that's all that they do. Right. Or, you know, it's amazing that you know many years ago, we didn't have scripture available, and you know that was, you know, the, the Gutenberg Press, you know, made it possible for people to have it in their hands, and they just, they they long for it and they would desire to to know instead of it just somebody who was who was standing up in front of them who was often just trying to control them and maintain their own own control by telling them hey this is what was there and then you know there were there were rebellions against that the protestant reformation reformation was people saying look no we need to understand it for ourselves and and explore this ingest it and understand what it means well but over time it's just been used and used and used and abused and then even rejected and then even christians now are not spending the time in it and there are right. Christians, you know, who will, you know, around the world, you know, here in the United States, we have, you know, multiple Bibles in our house that sit and collect dust. Right. Um, and then there's other places don't have any, and they pass around one page of Scripture among the village um, and just weep over it because they understand the depth of it because they're ingesting it and engaging it. And we're going... Yeah, well, let's read through this. Oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's not really speaking to me. Whatever. So, <laughs> right. look, you will get the answers for for what you ask, and and the question to ask is not how will this solve me, but how can I ingest it? How can you know? How can mm-hmm. I embrace the fullness of who God is? Right. By by living it, not not following the rules, but but joining in with God following the rules is a byproduct of being in relationship right. with God. Right, right. All right. Okay. Um, so I will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, 
No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S. Alethesresources.com. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.